Hello and welcome to Night's the Hobby Table. I'm your host Blake here with the always fucking shining light beacon of man, Oblerone. How you doing, bro? Are you comparing me to like the Emperor or something? I don't know. I like your hair though, so that's gonna count for something. Okay. How you doing, man? Long time no see. Very, very long time no see. It's been uh it's been a rough couple of weeks, that's for sure. Aw oh, man, rough weeks, holiday weeks, you know how it is. Fucking everything goes on around that time of the year. What's we going on? Yeah. Um Yeah, I don't know. Just been struggling a lot with with life, I guess. Trying to get my feelings and my well being all together again. Scraping myself off uh, the bottom, you know. Ah, I see. The winter depression's gotcha. Yeah, I guess the big old, the big old sad. Yeah, fair enough, man. Well, now we took a little break and now we're back at it. The first episode of the year, so we thought um it might be a good idea to just Give some tips and guys to stepping up your you know, your Warhammer game, like your painting miniatures game. Um, like just disclaimer, this will be more advanced stuff. This isn't gonna be how to glue a model together or how to do two thin coats or how to dry brush like this mm. is for if you're sort of more to that intermediate area and you're like, gee, how do I like chip away at getting better? You know? Um Yeah, so it's more for that sort of stuff. Blake, tell me what you have been up to in your hobby journey in the past, well, month, I guess, since we spoke. Well, um, I think I got another marine or two done. I don't know what we spoke about last, but I've only got, like, one or two infantries left, and then they're done. Uh, I've been fixing up some custodies I have that were, like, second-hand models that need repairs and stuff like that. There's some big gaps and... Uh, the dude who I got them off, thankful for the for them, but uh, they weren't put together with much uh, care. You know, there's mold lines and gaps and all sorts of shit. Oh, lovely. So, lovely. yeah, all that fun stuff. Um, other than that, um, lots of fish tank stuff. Um, you know, as you know, my Oscar died, so with that, my, uh, my good old chocolate cichlid, he got really depressed, and uh, he wouldn't even come out for food. Uh-huh. So, I went out the other day and I bought these two other fish to uh, live with him. And the aquarium that I went to, they thought they were called flying fox fish. And upon further investigation, that's not what they are at all. They're a different species. They're called strawberry leperinus. And they're sort of like just these long... Licorinas, eh? fish. Yeah, licorinas. Licorinas? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't even know her. Licorinas? <laughs> oh, no. But, um, no, they're sort of just, I bought them as dither fish just to sort of, like, get some activity in the tank, which actually has worked. They're all eating now, so, you know, good shit. Um, our Siamese fighter fish got stuck behind the heater while exploring and died, which fucking sucks. But, um, after giving him the appropriate Viking funeral, we, uh, went, uh, one of the people at Tara's work that was working there had bought in a Siamese spot like a beta fish and was like, Oh, it's for the kids, boo 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 and then she quit and dumped the fish tank on the on the on the childcare. Uh, so <laughs> this fish was just basically left there to rot. The other person taking care of it was the missus. So I was like, Alright, our guy's not with us anymore. The least we could do is save a fish. So yeah. went there, 
you know, did the fucking Mission Impossible, kick the door in, steal the fish. No, not really. <laughs> but we, we had permission, but we did rescue the fish. So uh, we've named him Bootstrap Bill. Nice. Uh, yeah, so because guy before was Captain Jack, so now we got <laughs> Bootstraps. Um, he's cool. Living his best life, and yeah. Um, G painting-wise, I'm currently working on a... Uh, it's a vampire lord statue mm-hmm. from Elder Scrolls online, and it's about thirty centimeters tall, really big. Mm. Um, and it's fun. It's it's a good time, you know. It's really weird working with such large details. Yeah, like I know it's bizarre, but it's good. Just yeah. a bit of fun, yeah. Yeah, I definitely want to try something like that later on too, like. Like, things in different scales, like busts or something like that, you know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I've been feeling the itch for Gundam a bit more again lately, so... Yeah, yeah, me too, actually. Isn't that weird? Yeah. It's like we're synchronized. (laughs) But yeah, man, besides that, been fucking working a bunch. Uh, You know, had Christmas off with the family, that was really nice, and... On that, on the grind wheel, man. On the fucking grind wheel. Although I did play guitar for a good hour when I was drunk on Christmas. So that was great. <laughs> <laughs> nice. What about you, man? What have you been doing? Oh, well, like I said before, I've been struggling a lot with motivation just for hobbying. Like, at least and like from the summer, I would say. Yeah. Which has been a while, but I've been trying and chipping away at it every now and then. Um, plus then this fucking major depression shit that hit me didn't really help much either. So, But uh, besides that, I do have been trying to do some stuff. And one of those things is a... I've been assembling models, like I don't have that much models left to assemble, but they're pretty big models, and you know me, it, if it's nights, I'm gonna put LEDs into it, uh, so... Uh, See, that sounds like something we could talk about on a podcast. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I did a few uh, so more he... things to it, to this guy, like, uh, I've uh, I gotten some, like, tusks from a mammoth model. So I attached yeah, that. I saw those. Attached it, and then I I got a little bit inspired by like uh, you know the Predator movie. I've always wanted yeah. to do like a Predator styled knight, so like gave him the tusk so it looks like the the jaws from the Predator, and then I gave the the knight dreadlocks as well. So I would I would love to see you if you do um some more armages at some point. Give them like a Davy Jones tentacle faces so it looks sort of like Cthulhu. Yeah. I think that'd be cool as fuck. Like, it'll tie in as well. But, yeah. uh, I love, I love that prototype you're working on, man. I think it looks cool as fuck. Yeah, exactly. It's funny, actually. I, uh, I posted my Dreadnought, the guy with the, uh, you know, that I showed you, the Jurassic Park one, in the yellow yeah. and the green. And the red. I'm at 460-something likes in that group, man. That's A lot wild. of people are like Jurassic Park. <laughs> Yeah, man, and I'm like, shit, and like, that group is full of very good painters, and I'm like, oh, oh, acceptance, because, like, I don't know, I'm an okay painter, I get the job done, I'd say I'm, like, slightly better than average, you know, Yeah, but not, like, fucking Picasso or some shit. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Ah, sweet, man. 
Well, yeah, that's uh, yeah, it's a good yeah. segue um, into our first tip that we can give you. Yeah, and what would that be, Obi? You want any tips? Just a tip. Just a tip. Uh, yeah. Well, you know, LEDs have tips, so LEDs. Uh, like, I think improving like the the like your Warhammer game kind of starts at the bottom, you know, even before you've you've actually put pieces of the model together uh, and and you can do that with different things like kit bashing and stuff we'll talk about that later but one of those things is adding in leds and electronics um uh, like you know painting osl is a really cool skill to have but if you That's can hard. actually it it's really hard too but if you can put yeah. l LEDs that actually shine light onto the battleground, that is gonna bring so much more dimension to your to your models, you know. Uh, I think to be honest, it, it helps with immersion too, right? Yeah. Like the thing for me, like with Warhammer, you either look at it as oh, it's a whole bunch of pieces on about on a board, or you look at it as holy fuck, this is my army, and I'm on the front lines fighting this yeah. battle. Yeah, like, yeah. there's two ways to look at it. Um, mm. And, like, having those LEDs and the smokestacks and that, that helps you feel immersed. Always. Exactly. Yeah. Like, like it's just those little details. Like, especially because the LEDs in the, the exhaust pipes I did for the nights, they have this flickering effect in them. So what that means is that it, it burns like it's a flame in there, like the engine is actually roaring out, and the fumes are just blasting out and everything. <laughs> it's, it's like a golf with crackle tune. Bop, bop, bop. You know, yeah. fire everywhere. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, and and why stop with models? You know, you can, you can uh, put LEDs into anything. Uh, of, uh, yeah, I th- Personally, I think I've... really. Oh, sorry. I keep talking over you. You go over. I'm yeah. in full ADHD mode today, brother. <laughs> Fair enough. I've uh, added LEDs to like uh, knights, like the big ones, the smaller armagers. I've been adding them to terrain pieces, like different tank models, uh, fr- ranging from the land raider to a small rhino. And the latest challenge I've put myself through is Dreadnoughts. And it feels like I'm just going smaller and smaller every time, you know. Trying to fit LEDs into a, a, a really tight space. So Have you, se- have you seen the guys that... Um, there's a type of paint you can get that acts as like a wire. Yeah. And like, you know the Star Wars models? They're giving them like light-up lightsabers and shit, but you can't mm. see the wiring. Because mm. they've done like... You know, a trail of it and shit. That's fucking yeah. wild, man. Yeah, like, that's it's you. Like, give give like, it a couple of years, that's you. Yeah, it's like copper paint. That That's kind of one wow. of the challenge I want to set myself uh, soonish, is like use like these rod-type LEDs and like do lightsabers with them. The filaments, yeah. Yeah, the filaments. Uh, I want to make a, uh, a Gundam diorama with them. Like I saw one on YouTube, they did with the filaments as the beam saber. Yeah. Oh, oh, and the yeah. missile. Oh, man, nut. Yeah, exactly. It's it's like uh, lighting is such a cool, cool extra effect to bring your models to the next level. 
Um, yeah, exactly. And, like, you think about it, right? Like, if you've got a battle board that you and your friends play on, you put one of those flickering LEDs underneath the cotton wool that you've painted black yeah. in the building, that looks like a smoldering fire in the middle yeah. of it. Yeah. And, like, like, it doesn't take much. You only need two or three or four on the battlefield. Mm-hmm. And then, like, all of a sudden, this looks like a living, breathing situation. Yeah. Like, a really you know? cool thing to do that for. Like, adding these little smoke areas with lights. You know, those little, really cheap tea lights you can get? Like, the candle lights on batteries? What you do is you take out the plastic housing and you put it, like, on a flat piece of terrain. You paint up the terrain and then you add the smoke details to it. And then you can pretty much place that wherever you want on the terrain. So uh, Is that what you used in your exhaust? Uh, the tea lights? No, I've, I yeah, buy oh, like okay. proper LEDs and, and wire them all up. But if you want to get into using LEDs, that's like a really good gateway. Because then you'll just be able to look at the pieces that are going in there. You got a little switch and the battery in it. And you got the LED. So you got like everything you need in that little tea light. So you can just disassemble it and make a little terrain piece and add the smokestack in. Perfect. How do you uh? How do you make those fuckers, like the ones in your exhaust? How do you make those flicker? Is that using resistors and stuff, a variable like voltage or? Okay, so there are like a, a couple of different types of LEDs. Um, uh, the usual they're they're like just solid color uh, LEDs, and yeah. some of them have like an extra pin so you can change the voltage to change the color on it. Um, and you got flickering LEDs, which actually have like a little, a little resistor, like you said, built in. So it actually will do uh, that for you. So it's in you the, have, the leg, like the connector pin on the leg? It's in the, the crystal dome even. Oh, cool. Cool. Yeah. That's mad. Yeah. And so there's another type. There's flickering and there is, uh... In pulsing, like a pulsing mode, so it's yeah, it's steady. Yeah. I don't think that one gives like the proper ex- impression that there's like something happening, like fire, like goes in intensity and it, it quiets down a little bit and it, it flickers, yeah, it flickers like proper flicker and like having a, a pulsating, it's just too predictable and it doesn't that'd be sweet though. Simul- that'd be sweet though if you were doing a beam saber or a lightsaber or something. Exactly. Yeah, Very much like or or if it was like a gunshot in midair or something like a yeah yeah laser like beam like it's yeah, shooting yeah. stronger yeah 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 definitely yeah, yeah. like right. they they I have would... they have their purposes like and there is one more type which I've used is a color changing LED so that one oh, yeah. will go through the RGB spectrum and that one is really cool too uh, I've That's used wild. a couple of those uh, very I... fun to use. I would fucking love to get, when I get a 3D printer eventually, you know, like, uh, say on the Dreadnought, how mine mm. has the plasma cannon, mm. and it has, like, the rib where the plasma goes? Yeah. I would love to 3D print that part, like, a part mm. for that, in clear resin. Yeah. And have that on the top, and have an LED filament underneath that mm-hmm. pulsates for that. Yeah. Oh, mm. oh. And then I could have the beam saber at the end, like I have. Yeah, 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 actually, golly, through it, yeah. it'd be nuts. Yeah, that's it's 
there's so many cool things to do with leds and like like for example yeah, having access to like 3d printer or you know etsy or shapeways or like there's different sites that will sell you these 3d parts printed for you so if you don't have access to a 3d printer yourself you can still probably find the parts i i feel online. like if you were resourceful enough you could probably actually um like take the part make a little mold out of it and then pour it with like clear resin as well yeah, like yeah, if yeah. you were that way inclined and you wanted to put in the work it'd be easy to get a 3d printer for sure like, yeah, yeah, I have a buddy that would just do it for me, but, yeah. you know, it, I yeah, think yeah. that if you were resourceful, you could do any of these things. It's just creativity times yeah. time like, spent, you know? Yeah, exactly. Like, so it's the same with LEDs, like, whoever thinks of adding lights to a model, like, when it's usually just painted on details everywhere, like, it's, I, yeah, I haven't so, seen that many people who put LEDs in stuff, and, like, I, I want to, um, I want to, you know, my it's not a Thunderhawk, Stormhawk, is it? The plane yeah, thing I have. Yeah, like a gunship. Got... I don't remember what it is exactly. I ha- I have, uh, I have it. Hold up. Oh, part of it broke off. This thing. Yeah, yeah. I don't remember the name of it. I think it's a gunship. It's a. Yeah. It's a gunship of some kind, but it's like half assembled from the dude I got it from. Mm. I want to put thruster ones in there. Mm. And I want to put super bright white ones pointing down as searchlights. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like, you know, across the battlefield. Yeah. And then full Jurassic Park scheme on it. It's going to look wild. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. <sighs> yeah. Like uh, like you said, LEDs, super great way. Um, you know what? I, I always say this. And I will always say it. The more LEDs, the more high performance the thing is. It works with computers, it works with cars, and it works with Warhammer models. Look here. Well, I won't disagree <laughs> with Warhammer models. RGB in a computer is a little silly. I, I put LEDs in my car today. What up? <laughs> did you see that? Yeah, I actually did. I did. Yeah. Yeah, my number plate lights, I replaced them. And I was <laughs> like, now my car is actually, you know, five kilowatts faster. So, you know. Prove me wrong. <laughs> um, yeah. But, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I'll let you have that one. <laughs> Come to Australia. Prove me wrong. I dare you. <laughs> um, but, yeah. Like, if you want to put LEDs in a model, um, try bigger things first. And then you can go smaller. Like, Obi's obviously... You're an electrician by trade, right? Yeah. Yeah, soldering hasn't really been part of the job. Really? No, no. Like, yeah, soldering okay. is something that I've actually learned by doing hobby stuff. So Right. See, I had to solder in high school. I did robotics class. Mm. So I actually used to solder PCBs and that at school. Yeah. And uh, each time I played around with guitars, I'd be soldered as well and replacing yeah. batteries in uh, Game Boy games. Yeah. So I'm about to take the step into LEDs in the coming mm. next few projects down the way once I get out of my infantry. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah so yeah. I reckon that's going to be cool. And obviously, I've always got you a message. And anyone that listens to this, if you're on the Discord and you've got problems, you can always uh, hit Obi up for advice too. Exactly. Like. <laughs> I've, I've probably talked about it so many times, and people are like constantly 
begging me for like talking about it too so i'll just be able to refer them to this episode so that's great ah, ha, ha, ha. <laughs> i have spoken and i shan't speak again yeah <laughs> exactly yeah, but like trying it in bigger things is definitely a great way to do it because what I've noticed now, the smallest thing I've put LEDs in is now the Leviathan Dreadnought that I'm working on. And oh, like, that thing's tiny. That thing is proper tiny. Like, Is it the, the style that the Custodies have? Or is it the one going to Horus Heresy stuff? That's the one from the Horus Heresy, yeah. Right, that's still not big. That's no, not a big model. It's not no, like a it's, redemptor. It's like like probably this size. It's not it's not a big yeah, right. model at all. So uh, and wow. drilling drilling because you know, the plastic is all molded shut. So you have to drill the holes for the exhaust corpse or if you wanna put them in the eyes, you're gonna have to drill those pieces. And if you haven't really practiced with drilling properly you will drill through parts that you don't want to. So, and it, bigger parts, bigger models are more forgiving for this. Um, Man, I dropped my pin via Celadon and broke my drill bit. Ah, the drill bits are cheap, especially in those sizes. Yeah, I so. know, I know, but still, <laughs> now I have to go to the hobby store and get one. I didn't find the end of the drill bit, so I can't wait for it to rock up in my foot one day before work. <laughs> you know, I can't, I can't yeah. wait for that moment. <laughs> yeah exactly so um, um is there different sizes of leds and shit too yeah correct uh you got um the ones that i'm using are three millimeter size uh clear clear domed leds but you also have like really really tiny micro leds and like I said, if you haven't practiced soldering before and try to do these super tiny LEDs, you will struggle because they're like, yeah, they're like a couple of millimeters in size and, and having the solar connections on them, they're pretty much on like a little PCB type board. So yeah. you'll you'll have to practice a lot. Um, One thing I will say though is it is practice, but if you can paint eyes on a space marine, you can solder an LED. Yeah, exactly. Uh, like, it's not that hard. It, it, it can be technical, but it's not hard. Yeah. So you got micro LEDs, 3mm. You got uh, 5mm ones. Uh, I haven't actually found find a way to use 5mm. Oh, the t- the candlelight LEDs are 5mm ones, for, for example. Thick boys, yep. Yeah, so I use three millimeter, and they fit uh, perfectly to use as the eyes for a knight, for example. Uh, that's a perfect size for them. Uh, they're also the perfect size for putting in the exhaust ports, for example. Uh, okay. Of course, if you go smaller, you can probably fill around more with it. But I don't know. I've 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 been u- I've gotten used to using the three millimeter ones, so it it. it it fits uh, it, most things and without too much problem. Uh, and obviously you said too, you can get the filament ones. Like if you want to say, you know, make something that look like a fluorescent bulb on the side of a building, you can yeah. just do a filament in and out. Like you could drill each end of it, right? And then just poke yeah. it through and solder on the other side. 
Yeah. Uh, nerd Nerdforge uses them a lot. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's where I got yeah. the ideas to start using them too. So. Uh, yeah. Good shout out, Nerdforge. Uh, yeah, great, great, great YouTube channel. Yeah, they're really good for uh, in terms of inspiration. Like, yeah. you might not be able to execute what they do, but it's all transferable shit. Yeah. yeah and yeah. I think it just gets you thinking of bigger projects too. Yeah. Not just, exactly. oh, just paint the space one. It's like, what can we do? Yeah, you can make a whole diorama with it, you know, like a whole, like a little scene, scenery piece to put the models on and take pretty pictures with it, you know? Exactly. Like, Exactly. The, li- the limit is your imagination again, so... That's right. Like cool. I said, it's, it's, it's creativity times time. Yeah. You know? So, product. what's the next piece you need for for your LED? Yeah, what do you need to, so to make them light up? So, you know, um, being an electromancer's friend, I know that you require batteries. Yep. To power these fuckers. Um, I would not advise wiring something into mains power. That's how you get electrocuted <laughs> and die. So, be smart. Use the fucking battery. Now, you can get, like, really small little coin-style batteries these days, or even smaller. Yeah. Um, or a 9-volt are really easy to work with, because they just have those uh, the clips that go on top. And usually to a wire, you can buy those with switches pretty easily at electronic stores. Yeah. And then all you got to really do is solder it on with the correct resistors, whatever, if you need them, and you're yeah. good to go. Yeah. Really yeah. basic electronics. And, like, you can find tutorials for that on YouTube very, very easily. I was doing that stuff in high school. Yeah. You know? So, if I could do it in high school, it stands to reason that I could probably do it now. Even yeah. with the brain cells I lost hitting my head. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so you quickly <laughs> mentioned resistors there. And what will kind of depend what resistor you will need is what type of battery you're using. So if you're using a coin cell, they will be running at 1.5 volts, roughly, like in between 1.2, 1.5. Usually you won't need a resistor. I put them on anyway, just to make sure that they won't burn out the LEDs too fast. But if you're using a 9 volt battery, you're, you need resistors because you... The moment you flip the switch to turn on the circuit, you'll burn all your LEDs and you've wasted like three, four hours of you soldering and fitting things people, in somewhere. For people that don't understand what resistors are, my dumb way of explaining it is basically, say your LED needs half a volt to work, mm. right? Yeah. 0.5 you said. If that battery when turned on, when the circuit is open and sending 9... Then yeah. you need what eight volts of resistance for that to run at peak, right? Correct. You need yeah. eight volts. So, like, if you can figure that out, you can actually math it out pretty easy. Like, you go, yeah. okay, like I said, if your LED is a zero point five volt, your battery is nine, then you need mm. eight volts or maybe a little bit more mm. um, worth of resistance to run through there, so you don't fry LEDs and start, you know, tiny yeah. little war zone fires. Yeah, exactly. So. Well, what I've been using is like a website where I just select the LEDs that I want to use, like white or red or whatever, and flickering, whatever I can think of. And usually they will tell you on the website, if you're running it on this type of voltage, you will need this type of resistor. So then you just search in their website and find the proper resistors. Uh, if you guys are interested in that website link, I can post it in our Discord so you can find it yeah. and buy do, your own Do that stuff. anyway. Make it 
make it a pinned post so I can go to it later. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, it's it's a website from England, so even after right. Brexit, it's it's been rough. Like I've been trying to find things in Europe. Um, Luckily for me, we're basically part of England, so uh, you know <laughs> exactly. Oh. We still we still got their monarch on our coins, man. <laughs> Next up, after a resistor. So, a switch to turn the circuit on or off. Um, or you'll be switching batteries a lot. It's yep. a good one. Um, now, I don't know what Obi does. I haven't asked. But if it were me, and I was to uh, wire up something, like a tank, I would try and put the switch on the bottom of the tank, where it's not visible, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, because the switch can run on wire... All you gotta do is dig out a little square part for it to go through, or even a button. A button mm. can be a switch. Mm. You know, just have it there. That's what I would do. That's um, the, I'm sure that's something. Yeah, that's yeah. very similar to More what I've been doing. Uh, I what I do is for the knights, for example, they have this space under the carapace, right above the engine coil. There's like this really weird ribbed thingy, and I cut out a piece for the switch there uh, and glue that on the backside and soldering everything in there. So uh, it's basically just trying to make the switches fit. And like I've bought switches that are too big so I have to file them down and everything just to make them fit. Uh, You you could be smarter than me and just probably buy something that fits easier in small areas. Or, Or just get something that suits the aesthetic of the model. Right, yeah, like yeah, you think of a little tiny little metal toggle switch yeah. that wouldn't look that out of place on a night. It just looks like it's part of the mechanics. Exactly. Yeah. You know? So if you got underneath this little little crotch area and you gave it a little a little fucking dingle dongle dangle, yeah. it would just look like the night has a boner that makes this light turn on. Nothing. That's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So what uh, what what I suggest for wiring the switch is. Uh, a battery has a positive and a negative side. The negative side you can leave on straight to your your uh, LED. You don't need to cut that one. But the positive wire, you need to interrupt that one or otherwise the power will be flowing to the LED and uh, you'll use up your battery before the day is over. So that's where you put the switch on the on the positive wire, the, the red. The positive wire. leg is also the part of the circuit where you'd have your resistor too, right? Is that correct. 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 That's very yeah. correct. So before it enters, so it, it, you're making basically it is a circuit. But if you think about a race car, you want to start at your battery, mm. and it has to go through the resistor or through the switch mm. to get to the resistor to get to the LED to come out the other side of the LED and return back to the battery, right? Correct. That's a really good way yes. of explaining so- it. So, and that's one lap, and it just keeps doing that. Yeah, exactly. So, I'm, I'm just trying to explain it to people that maybe have no idea of basic electronics. Like, you know, they just think, oh, iPhone go brr, you know? Like, <laughs> yeah. Well, you could use the iPhone to actually look stuff up on the internet, but, you know. Actually, no, it's really <laughs> sweet. I don't know if you've seen people do it, but they 3D print, like, uh, warp gates and stuff like that, and they put, like, a... a vortex screen on their phone they slotted in at the start of the game i'm like i love that yeah (laughs) you could actually make like an infinite mirror as well if you wanted to do that the thing is just you have to drill the holes like at at the right angle because if you have it like a little bit off it's gonna look weird 
and then you just put like a like the mirrored glass that shines through but uh and wait how the it doesn't it shines through and then you reflect to to the back like you have to I'm not two sure mirrors. the magic that exists in Sweden exists here in Australia. I don't know what <laughs> sorcery you have. But that sounds pretty pretty wild to me, mate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to try it someday, but uh, I'm going to have to find money to buy more LEDs cuz I've That's noticed okay, I've noticed that I ran out of LEDs for my last night. Sorry, mate. So. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll send you some LEDs. Don't worry, mate. We'll, we'll get them for you. Cool. So this is just the, the parts to make the circuit. The yeah. You kind of need a couple of tools to actually work with these things. And one of them mm-hmm. is a soldering iron. So what that one will do is just it will heat up the solder or well first the legs of your uh your components and then you add the solder on it and then we will make a bond to the resistor or to the switch or to the wires mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. Yeah, soldering get, you, get yourself some solder with uh the flux core so you don't yeah. have to worry about adding flux as well trust me yeah very easy to just dip it on and it's it's already done and, and yeah yeah, uh, I also suggest for soldering like uh, like this thing. I don't really know what it's called. Like it's a little soldering station with like oh, alligator yeah. clamps on it, so you can have yep. the the two parts touching the right angle you want it, and then you just come in with the the soldering and iron and the the solder. And if you like me and don't have one of those, there's uh multiple clips that to me does for airbrushing. That you clip yeah. where your Gundam bits to. I have one of those in a styrofoam box. Yeah. And I can move them wherever I need them. I can put the zoom in front of them. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. Very, um, the other thing is different. too, if you think you're not going to have uses for a soldering iron, if you're a guitarist, if you, and you have the Gibson style knobs on your guitar, you can burn holes in it like Dimebag did and have the traction knobs. <laughs> Every one of my goddamn guitars. <laughs> Hell yeah. It, it sounds stupid, but it's awesome. <laughs> Fair enough. Cool. Yeah. Um, final thing to add to this would be uh, something to protect your sur- work surface, of course. Like, yeah, yeah. hot solder is going to burn. Uh, or if you drop your soldering iron on your, bowl or your table, your parents aren't oh, going to appreciate you. So uh, take care of your, yeah. or your, or, your surface. Or your partner. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And fuck, dude, be careful. If you get solder on you, speaking mm. from experience, it sucks. Yeah. Sucks. Cold, cold water, at least 20, 15 to 20 minutes. <laughs> oh, dude, when I did it, I was in high school, and I was like, oh, well. <laughs> and uh, I had this massive blister on my thumb for, like, weeks. It was fucked yeah. up. <laughs> yep. Um, The last one that you'll need it's a pin vise and a set of drills. Uh, up to three millimeters. But, I'm going to add to this. If you have one, or it's easy... No, no, just get one. Just get one. Get a fucking rotary tool. A Dremel. Yeah. Um, Because, like, they are so invaluable in any part of creative hobbies. Like, you want to make battle damage on something? Get a little saw blade. Fucking, you know... But yeah. if you're if you're cutting out a big part of a model, 
Mm. That's a lot to grind down. You can like do your pinwise bit in your pass and you can actually cut that out. Yeah. Like your battery hatch, things like that. You gotta be careful not to take too much off. But if you're smart about it, you can even have a drill bit in there, which is way quicker and easier. Yeah. I wouldn't do it for precision, but if you're trying to hog some material off, get a fucking rotary tool, man. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. Very good suggestion. Uh, uh, I think up to three millimeters, like a drill size, you could use bigger, uh, especially to to route holes and stuff. Like if you have a lot of wires coming and you don't, you kind of want a big hole or you can cut it away with a knife or whatever. Uh, what I suggest is like buy one of these as uh, like the hobby drill sets. They go from like 0.5 millimeter up to one and a half and then buy like a set at a hardware store for like one and a half up to 10 millimeters. And that's all you're ever going to need to be honest. So, cool. Um, so how did you get started with this stuff, man? Like, I've never touched a circuit before. I don't know how to LED. What would you do? Uh, like I've mentioned before with the candlelight LEDs, uh, just pry it apart and look inside and see what it is made of. What you'll see is that it's a battery, a little switch in there. I think there's a tiny circuit in there as well to make the flickering happen. Because those LEDs don't have that built in. Uh, and It must be a variable, variable resistor, right? Yeah, like something like voltage. that. Yeah. yeah, it's something like that. Must yeah. be. It's, it's a really tiny circuit. It's just a few components on it. But if you take away all the plastic that's around this candlelight thing, it's not a lot of stuff that goes in there. And what you do is you, you can just basically copy-paste those things because it's exactly the same what you're going to be using in, in things. You can add more LEDs in the circuit. You can take away. Now, if you're adding LEDs to a circuit, remember that every LED needs its own resistor. Yeah. yeah. And they all take loads. So if you're using a battery that's tiny, hmm. you might need to consider how many you can run off that. Yeah, well, what a, a good rule of thumb is, uh, three to four LEDs is enough for with one and a like a coin cell battery, and if you're going yeah. to add in more, I would suggest a nine volt battery just to have the additional power. So honestly, man, like nine volts is the way to go anyway. It lasts way longer. Yeah, if you can fit one, fuck yeah, you know exactly. Fuck and if you can't fit it in load. the model, make it the base. Uh, yeah. if you incorporate it into your base somehow, like put a pile of rubble in there that you can like sort of open and drag the battery out and replace it and put it back in, that's going to be golden because who the hell is going to look at the base and think, oh, you got a battery in there? That's cool as fuck. Yeah. I mean, you could, realistically, like you could have, like, depending on what size the base is, because it's 40k, mm. you know, everything's... Uh, very industrial looking. You can have like a a small girder going towards a patch of rubble, which is yeah, yeah hollowed out, and there's a battery there, and there's a wire that goes through it. You yeah. don't even have to be tidy about it; you just got to hide it. Yeah. You know? And even if you painted a wire on the ground, no one would blink an eye on that. They'd be like, "Oh, look, there's wiring on the ground. Classic Imperium." Yeah, exactly. You know? Like, like it, it's not weird. Depending on the setting, maybe if it's in the jungle, it'd look weird. But yeah. if it's an industrial style base, 
Yeah, but even in the jungle, like just add some oh. verticality to it. You can just build yeah. around it and and use. I'm, I'm, but I'm instead. sorry if you if you use a wire and then paint it brown, that wire is then a vine. Yeah, perfect. You know, like <laughs> easy, easy yeah. creativity, guys. Um, the other thing I was gonna add too. I'm not sure if everyone is aware, but they actually do uh LED kits for Gundams. They're like little modules that have an LED in the top with like a coin battery and a switch. Yeah. Um, now, I don't use them in my Warhammer order, but I don't even really use them in my guns. But they are small, they are compact, and they're quite cheap. Yeah. So if you wanted to go something like that, like if you wanted a green fire or something weird like that, mm. and you just don't want to touch electronics, you could have one of those in a thing on your battlefield, whatever you want to do. Yeah. Just add it in there for an idea. Yeah, exactly. Like the, uh, yeah. There's a good couple of ways to get into it. Uh, what I do suggest is definitely watching some some people like soldering stuff before so you have like some sort of idea how to properly do it because the first LEDs that I started soldering I pretty much burned the whole insides as well so the, oh, the LEDs were yeah the LEDs were dead before I even got to test them out so uh, and that's also a tip double check that your circuit is working before you put it in. Like, soldering the uh, resistor, double check, see if it's working. Put the 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 negative pin on the negative and the, the resistor onto the positive and make sure it's lighting up. Then put it in, add your wires, and check it again before you glue it. Yeah. Because I've glued things before with the LEDs in there and ended up not working so it's a real hard job getting stuff back in once you've glued it so make sure to check um, your circuits (laughs) good good practice for like especially for beginners that sort of stuff is um if you say if you got wires and stuff like that that you're going to attach before you do it all actually tin the ends of your copper like your wire yeah so take your wires um and because you can't really cook a wire no. You can cook your LEDs, but the wires are a lot harder because they're just copper. So put your tip on there, get it to the heat, and just practice loading the solder up and get it to take to that wire and sort of stretch it mm. along. Yeah. And it'll actually be silver, which is called tinning, because yeah. um, it'll be the color of the solder. So then when you have to attach it to the leg of the other thing, you just got to line it up, press it down, and it'll actually gravitate towards it once they're bonded. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's, a, it's a lot easier than trying to get solder onto two surfaces. Mm. When it's already attached to one, yeah. so yeah, yeah, yeah. Once <laughs> you're getting to an advanced level, what I do is I just line them up and then heat from the yep. other side and add the solder to the top, because you want oh, you want okay. the heat to like dissipate over the area you're soldering. You don't want the uh, the solder going to the 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 soldering iron first and then just forming a glob on top of it. You want it to be a Correct. bond, so you want the heat to spread Correct. properly. But not too much so that you burn your LEDs. So of it, It's delicate, but you know what? LEDs are cheap. Have fun with it. Yeah. Like, yeah, buy yeah. some electronics and put, don't even worry about putting them in a Warhammer. Make a thing. Make a circuit that you can turn on and off. Yeah. And when you figure that out, throw it in some fucking models. Not just Warhammer. Anything. Everything that's yeah. lights. Yeah. Well, a really anyway. cool video that really got me excited putting Warhammer, uh, like LEDs in Warhammer is uh, Eric's Workshop, Hobby Workshop, I think his channel name is, Eric's Work Hobby Shop, something, whatever. 
And he did like uh, uh, realistic flame effects for your Warhammer miniatures. And really cool video because he uses a glue stick to spread the light uh, tr- like throughout the, the candles. Exactly. So uh, I'll 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 also put a link of that into the uh, into our Discord. So real good. Video. Hashtag not sponsored. Yeah. <laughs> Look, the Wargaming community, we don't care shouting people out. If there's good content, we'll shout it out. Exactly. We're a small community. We look out for each other. Correct. Anyway, the next thing um, that I would do if I'm trying to uh, make my model sort of uh, a bit more up there um, is to cut up the model and repose it. Uh, For example, you know, the Imperial Knight has two legs that has the same pose, so Obi has been cutting them for his latest night to make them so, like, the toes out of the foot, like, he's, is he walking? Is that what you've done? Yeah, I've made him walk, basically. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so giving some locomotion to your model, I've done it with, um, uh, what's that Tacticus, is it the war suit? The one with the space yeah, inside? Yeah, yeah, yeah. tactical war suit. So the tactical Invictor war suit. I, war suit. The Invictus war suit. I've actually made mine so he's completely off kilter. Mm. Um, and his toes are sort of pointing downwards like he's trying to gain like gain traction. Mm. And I've actually got him falling backwards because I plan on having a pile of tyrannids underneath his foot and mm. then one on his face gouging at the model. Ah yeah. Um like and him grabbing it with the other hand. So like it's gonna give it some real life. Yeah. Yeah, like so, uh, yeah, dynamic poses are something that bring a lot of life to your models. Yeah. What I think the latest Warhammer models are really good at is these kind of dynamic poses. So you don't really want to change, but you could, of course, do it if you want to. But you don't need. So, to. so what I would do is when you have multiples of the same guys, right? Say you yeah. have Blade yeah, Guard yeah. veterans, yeah, but then you get more Blade Guard veterans because they're an effective unit. Okay. How can I make these guys different? Well, one might have a shield on his, above his head with mm-hmm. a sword pointing forward. Like, you can... You know, with a few cuts and rotations of joints, you can do a lot. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, reposing is... It, it's 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 a great way to make different different models stick out in a unit like, without them yeah, being... Yeah, exactly. With them being essentially the same model. Yeah. And... You can you can get fucking wild with it too, like especially if you're an orc player, <laughs> you can go crazy with shit. But like even marines and like all that basic shit, mm-hmm. no one's static. Like throughout someone's life, they do pretty much every range of movement possible, mm. and it's the same in like you know Warhammer. Like for every marine looking down the like down the barrel of his gun, the other one's gonna be flailing it in the air, going "fuck you" and shooting it off. Or you yeah, know, yeah. one one of them's gonna be like. You know, in thinking man pose before the battle, like <laughs> yeah, like there's always something that's gonna be going on. So yeah, exactly. Like, in, a, in a universe of millions of planets, everything could happen at least once. Yep, exactly. Yeah. So, so yeah. um, so what do we need to do though to do that? So say I got a model and I'm like, okay, uh, I want to repose this. Well, what am I fucking in for? Cool. I think for reposing things, what you're going to need is, again, a pin vise and some drills. And what you can pin with is uh, paper clips. You clip them up 
and you glue them in both ends, wow. and then you you can you know stick it in there and rotate it what you want, and then you just glue it in in place. It should be pretty good solid bound. Um, use paper clips. Yeah, use paper clips. You know what I use? Guitar strings. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Works too, man. Yep. Uh, like like your, uh, your 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 E string, your thick one. Yeah. And the one below it. Mm. They're all different grades of pins, as far as I can say. So when I restring a guitar, mm. I'll normally keep those and just like keep one or two, keep yeah. them in the drawer because they make cool piping on scenery, they make cool barbed wire, and they make good pins. Yeah, yeah that's that's a good tip there for guitar there players and Warhammer guys. That's Buy right, it. and as you all should be. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I think joking. not everyone, the, the drilling... not everyone could be as. Yeah, yeah, amazing. <laughs> Drilling and pinning, it's like, a, you know, if, you, if you've if you come from the really old times where you've had metal models, you'll be quite familiar with the practice. And uh, if you're going to start messing with different model cuts and everything, like plastic glue is, is a really good solution for it because it will melt the plastic together. But if you want to test out the model beforehand or hell, even be able to switch the, the hands out or whatever you want to do, you can use a little pin first to check check how you want it. And uh, yeah. Exactly. And, and please, for the love of God, have a sharp hobby knife when you do this. Mm, yep. But none of this blunt shit, because like, and be careful too. Yeah. You know? That's a good good one. Yes, a real sharp, exactly. a fresh blade. Uh, what I usually do is swap out my blade between every kit. For a night, I'll go to three or four blades. So uh, it depends what I'm doing, honestly. But uh, I bought a yeah. hundred of them off eBay mm. for like forty bucks once. So I just have them in a drawer when I need to swap them out. Oh, okay, let's go. Yeah. Uh, another way to test things beforehand, if before you want to start doing things together. Is blue tack or like sticky tack, whatever you, you color you use, just some ticky tack that you can put them all together in a way and just like mm, maybe I want to raise this arm a little bit more or whatever, or or do a different angle on something, you know, just just so you can visualize the model before you commit to gluing it. So uh, tip right there. I I just glue everything. Fuck it, just full send. <laughs> if you're not full sand then what are you doing with life but nah it's a good tip for people that are less decisive than me yeah <laughs> um, as Obi said plastic glue will fuse your mold together um, and will give you time to get your pose right so traditionally that's how I've always done it right mm. like uh, my first glue I ever used on a Warhammer model was the Ravel stuff the Ravel yeah. con- uh, contact glue yeah and it's still what I use yeah because I haven't found a better glue um, it's precise. The only thing is, glue gets stuck on the needle. But you know, if you have a lighter, Tara got me a Zippo lighter for Christmas, and now it's my hobby lighter. Like I, yeah, <laughs> yeah, use it for that. Because I said to her, I'm like, oh my god, it's so useful. I'm not a smoker, but I do have Warhammer. <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. I mean, go. I got mine too here, <laughs> and I'm using exactly. the same glue, like the Tamiya yeah. plastic cement, solid stuff, really good. If you just want to use a, a brush applicator. For some really delicate parts. But the revel with the tip stuff. 
solid stuff. That as being well. said, really you good. can use a brush for that shit as well. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. In a puddle, get a brush. Um, also toothpicks. Mm. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. So when I used to do, say, my towel, for instance, I would just build them bit by bit, like you know, legs, body, all that, because that's what they always were back in the day. Yeah, they weren't monopose and like. Yeah, I'd be like, oh, his gun's a little bit weird. Oh, luckily I use plastic cement. Squeeze, move yeah. it slightly. Oh, he's good now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? Solid. Exactly. Cool. So it's cool. Cool, 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 cool. All right. How about you've cut your model up, you've added LEDs to it. What's another step that you can use? Um... I would say green stuff for you know either filling in the gaps that you just made by cutting up the stuff or uh, you could just make completely new parts like what people can sculpt with green stuff is amazing uh, if you want to make your very own talented pure... people not yeah. us but talented people ah, come on we we'll, we just need the practice, okay? It's all no, good. we are possible. We're just not amazing. <laughs> yeah, you can't be good looking and amazing at green stuff, all right? Like, and the guitar god and pro. Oh, I mean, yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> <laughs> so the latest project, going back to that again with the night, uh, I've added dreadlocks to my dread night, uh, dreadlock night. So what what I've done there is just you know roll up the green stuff, and uh, green stuff world also has like a, a tentacle kit, so it, you you get like different plates to make different kind of shapes on uh, on pipes or wires or whatever, and I just made a whole bunch. I think I have like probably twenty thirty different different sizes uh, of pipes going like. Next to this, next to his faceplate, behind the call, uh, you know, it's just, it just so, gives you so much more details to, to make your model different, stick out from the rest, you know. Yeah, absolutely. I actually really need to get one of those rollers or whatever they have for the reptile scale, so I can start adding more like draping to my guys and stuff. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's um, like one of those things you could do too, like fur cloaks or lizard cloaks or yeah, yeah, or skin. What well, one thing I do because I don't like having ugly as fuck marines with no hair. Yeah, I'm a handsome marine sort of guy. So you've seen my uh, was he the chaplain with the croziers? Yeah, that came in the Indominus boss. He's bald, not yeah. mine. Mine has Ragnar Lothbrok hair, <laughs> um, yeah. which I sculpted myself, and then I changed his normal like cloth tabard into a t-rex skin tabard it looks fucking amazing yeah, yeah, yeah. you know um awesome. like my my model looks very unique now because of that and i think actually this is the first time i've ever really sculpted with green stuff and i think i did really well so yeah <laughs> like all it takes is practice dude and a little bit of yeah. time and patience so uh, yeah you got some uh, we got some tips for you you wanna kick us off there Oh yeah, but I can get you some tips. Um, so when you're working with stuff like with the green stuff, it will stick to fucking everything, man. It's like shit on a blanket, right? So you want to get your your sculpting implements, 
Um, and you want to use Vaseline and water. Sorry, Obi's laughing. <laughs> Very professional podcasters. Um, <laughs> She's on the you know, blanket. Like, I've never heard that one before. That's an Aussie saying, man. <laughs> Stuck like shit on a blanket. You know? <laughs> Next time you fuck up in the kitchen and stuff sticks to the pan... Just look at the missus and be like, babe, this is stuck like shit on a blanket, but she'll lose it. <laughs> yeah, probably. Done. <laughs> anyway, um, one thing that I actually did when I was sculpting was I got, you know, the coffee stirrers from the servo? Like from the, from the sorry, from the gas station, as <laughs> some of our international people call them. We call them servos here. Um, I always nick a few extra ones of those when I go get a coffee. Because yeah. they're wicked, because you can cut them into your own sculpting tools. So like... Um, I actually sh- cut mine in a semicircle to do scales easier and dig them in. Uh-huh. Coated that fucking Vasek got all looped up, looped up, and then fucking, you know, little hooks with it. All sorts of shit. <laughs> so, get that shit going. Um, I use my scalpel as well, like my, my exacto knife, as yeah. the, as our American audience would call them. Lube that fucker up, man. No matter what you're doing, pretend you're sticking it up your butt. It's gotta be that lubed, alright? <laughs> There's not enough lube in the world for that. (laughs) Whatever, man. I've seen you fit plenty of exacto blades up your ass. Don't stop. (laughs) Fuck with me. But yeah, seriously, like, you need to lube up because otherwise it just sticks to it and it just rips it all. It sucks. So, Vaseline, water, lube. If in doubt, lubricate. It's what the Mythbusters always said. Listen to them. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, that was good. Yeah. Um... The next tip I would say is when you're actually mixing the green stuff together, uh, moisten your fingers. Again, Vaseline. Don't put it up your butt. Mix the green stuff together. Uh, do what you gotta do. What? <laughs> I said do what you gotta do. <laughs> then do the green stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Look, Tej, you know you're sculpted for all pent up, you know? <laughs> Just to give yourself the old uh, prostate massage before you can sculpt some tabards. Yeah, that's fair enough. You know, you know, I know why your room is so dark now. <laughs> Please, it's the safe power. Uh, yeah, okay. You mix up the green stuff. Uh, you roll it into like a little, a little turd, I guess you want to call it, and you leave it to dry because uh, it. it it gets it's really soft straight away when you 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 mix it together so it if you will sculpt like any kind of detail on it, it will just sog away straight away so leave it to the side for like 30 45 minutes and then you can mix it up again and you can start using it properly uh, what what i would say is use it sparingly like like if you roll it down uh, so it's like a really thin, flat piece. You can, you can mold. You can probably like, before you even put it on the model, like do a rough cut of what you want on your your work surface, and then stick it on the model and adjust, do stuff there. Uh, that that's how I did mine. Like when I did my tabard, I literally sort of got it. I had it flat. I sort of rough marked out where I want like the idea of the scales. Yeah, and then I took the corners where. It, goes on mm. i attached it there got it into place and once i left it for like five minutes so it's probably bonded to the model yeah. then i started sculpting more yeah and thinned it down and i did all that and it turned out great yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Like most people don't notice the tabard, which means I did a good job on the tabard. Yeah, that's it. Like if if it looks like it's part of the mall, it's that's job well done. Like exactly. for example, for hair, I've sculpted hair a couple of times as well. What you do is just like really really thin rolls, you know, like like uh, how to explain it, like. You think hair like hair or locks of hair just makes a lot of small rolls and stick it on and sculpt it in a little bit and then put on a little roll again like add it that way just start really small don't just glob on a big piece of green stuff and try to make the details in you you could probably do it but yeah but then you're going to carve away unless you're a carver it's yeah. much easier to make approximations. Yeah, exactly. Honestly, though, my first thought when you said doing hair, I thought I'd probably just get it, hold my beard against my face, and go like plonk with a bit of green stuff to try and get the imprint, yeah. and then like make it exaggerate. <laughs> yeah. There's a couple of different ways to go about it, but uh, there's a few ways to skin a cat, my friend. Exactly. I think, and I'm... then you could use a cat's pelt for your green stuff, though. <laughs> And then Don't you got, skin cats. Then you got cat hair in your model. Great. Yeah, <laughs> when we here at the Nights of the Hobby Table podcast are pussy friendly, I will tell you. <laughs> Take from that, that what you will. <laughs> <laughs> this is what happens when we don't record for a little while. We got way too much energy. <laughs> exactly. Holy moly. Uh, yeah, cool. So the other thing is, get creative with it, man. Anything you want to do. Um... Don't let the lack of detail on a model stop you from adding more detail. You know, and like, the good thing about green stuff is it's not there permanently, unless you want it to be. Like, if you, say, put it over a shoulder pauldron, and you want to try and cast the scales in, cool. Lay it over it. If it doesn't work, grab it as a knife, peel it off. What do you fucking do? Like, not the end of the world, because you haven't even primed the model yet in most cases. Yeah. Like, at least I wouldn't have in the way I do it. So, like, what do you got to lose except for, you know, an awesome modeling opportunity if you don't go for it? Yeah. Yeah. Right? Like, you know, it's, it's, you can have Imperial Fist so you can have Imperial Fist it, right? <laughs> you just get to pick which is yours. Okay? <laughs> and your creativeness is what dictates that. <laughs> exactly. Um, <laughs> cool. Um,. If you think green stuffing is just a little bit too much out there, you might want to keep a listen for our next bit then, because that one uh-huh. can also transform your mall to a completely different kit. So, what can we do for that? Well, if you've ever watched Dragon Ball Z, you know what the fusion dance is. So you take your models... You make them do the fusion dance, and then whatever comes out of that, the go tanks. <laughs> that situation is your new model. It's called kit bashing. That's where you take parts from another model and you splice them in. Yeah. You know, um, a good example: my dreadnought. It has a massive beam coming out of its uh, plasma cannon. That's not from Warhammer. That's a beam sword off a of Gundam. I glued the fucker in and I painted it and. Top level model painters are asking me how the fuck I did it, like where I got it from. Yeah. 
Because <laughs> obviously they're all Warhammer guys. They've never seen what's in a Gundam kit, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're like, bro, where the fuck did you get that? Just when you printed it. I'm like, no, it's just a model, man. Like, <laughs> I don't even remember what one. It's just in a bits bag. <laughs> so uh, having a bits bag is good because you can kit bash. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, you can put different weapons on. Like, I, I have a bits bag that I've had since I was 14. Or 15, since I first started Warhammer. And there's like, you know, there's a crate from an Imperial Guard going there, like an ammo box. There's, uh, you know, there's bits of Tyranids and stuff like that, like, which is what's on my bases. Yeah. There's bits of Tyranid. I've had those since I was 15. Someone gave them to me. They weren't even primed. <laughs> they were just brown. So I, I just primed them black, cut them up with a hot scalpel, I actually heated my knife, uh. and just sawed through them. And made dismembered Tyranids on my bases. Hell yeah. Yeah. You know? So the bits box is king. Uh, yeah. I believe Mr. Mark from Lawhammer had a massive bits box. <laughs> oh, yeah. Which I never got to see. I'm quite disappointed. I wanted to dive headfirst into that thing one day, but... Yeah. yeah all I things think, must end. I think having a massive bit box is going to help you a lot of, on this journey. Um, but... There's also absolute mad people who buy three different, two or three different kits and just for the purpose to make this one model. And, you know, you can be crazy if you want to and do it like that. But, you know, if you, ha- if you have or, any luck, you can find it in your bits bag or you can ask here, your local community. Mu- here's a much better idea. Join a Discord full of fucking awesome you know, other hobbyists who often have spare bits and they're usually quite happy to help you out if you're friendly. Yeah. Like, there's been quite a few people who are like, yeah, I could send you this, I could send you that, like, for me, when I'm trying to kit bash. And I'm sure when you go, oh, dear, I really need this, and someone has it, they'll talk to you about it. Yeah. You know? I'm not saying, come, we have free Warhammer, but, like, we're a community. We look mm-hmm. after each other. Exactly. Yeah, you know, I, I've got one of those uh, Grey Knight baby walkers that I got for free. And yeah. I'm going to give it to League Lad. I'm going to yeah. send that down to him. Just because he's doing a bunch of conversion stuff and I'm not going to fucking use it. So I send it down to him. Yeah, yeah. You know? Hook a brother up. Exactly. It's the same so, for... Uh, like... join, the, join the Discord. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't think we can say it anymore, but, you know, join the Discord. I'll try to catch on the Discord, join 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 the Discord. Yeah, I'm I'm a little bit the same with my local community. Like people are constantly asking, like, oh anybody have any night bits? I'll look again. But I'm starting to run out of night bits, so if you want some, you're gonna have to cut in dear. <laughs> it's okay, I have some spare ones. Okay. So if you need night bits, Obi, you hit me up. <laughs> I'm almost done with nights. It's good. I'm, I'm good. Okay. You're never really done. No. You wanna you wanna yeah, hear you, my you, next you... Uh, night idea I have? Yeah, sure. Uh, Drunken got me one of these uh, Skaven plague bells, uh, plague chariots, which has like a bell on top of it. So I'm gonna I'm gonna add the bell detail on top of a night carapace and. I've I've noticed they have like a swinging thing kind of as well, so I think I'm gonna make like some sort of weapon with that as well. Can, so. can you give one of them a big bell for a ball sack? Hmm. I think that'd be funny as fuck. Huh. Maybe. I um I think my knights. I'm gonna paint one up to go with my space room chapter, like in that Jurassic Park color. 
Yeah. But I think I'm going to do the other one in purple and gold as our knights at the hobby table. Oh. Uh, but I'm going to try... Yours are marble, so I'm going to try and do mine with galaxy colours. Yeah. So predominantly purples with, like, purples, magentas, and stuff like that. Throughout it, and then, like, white flicks, and then, like, heaps of gold. Yeah. That'll look sick. I think that's what I'm going to try and do. That's what I'm going to try and do. But, you know, we know how slow I hobby, so... Uh... <laughs> Soon... <laughs> soon somewhere soonish hell yeah. yeah somewhere in the galaxy far far away Blake actually gets shit done <laughs> <laughs> well I think that's kind of concluding our uh, you know um, our actual making the model so now I'd say that we're pretty much ready for the paint the green stuff is dried You've added a couple of new bits, you got a new pose on it, and you got LEDs in there. So, next step, painting. And I'd say a really helpful thing, uh, which pushed my models probably to the next level, is buying an airbrush. Um, I'm probably asking a lot of people, because an airbrush, it's, it's a little bit of an investment, but it just gives you so much more opportunities to do things in a more efficient way. We did do way. a whole episode on airbrushes. Go listen to it and you'll know that you need a fucking airbrush. Especially if... Not if you're a beginner. You don't require one if you're a beginner. But if you're taking your shit to the next level as this episode is designed for, that is so helpful. Yeah. Like... Mm. Yeah. yeah. Creamy yeah, like- transitions. Good shit. Creamy blends, shadow effects, uh, OSL. The sky is the limit with an airbrush, basically. Um, Exactly. Plus, you can do car models, which is what we all really want to do. (laughs) However, I will say that um, even though the airbrush is a good tool to get you started with, without proper brush technique to come in later and paint in the rest of the details, you're probably not gonna have a top tier model yet so uh you know yeah like if if you if you don't know how to edge highlight or how to dry brush you know yeah i don't think wet blending and that's necessary to have a good looking model it's necessary to go golden demon sort of shit like i don't wet blend and i get away with my shit looking pretty fucking primo yeah i Um, think that's where the airbrush comes in so you don't have to do the wet blending uh but that also exactly. means that don't, dry- don't make mistakes. Because if you're going to get paint on the airbrush parts, you're going to cry a little bit. So proper brush control to fill in the details and add more details is going to take you to a next step as well. So You know what I actually did? You're going to think this is weird, but on my on my Dreadnought, I airbrushed that fucker. I put a bit of lead belcher on there quite a few times. I let it dry, and I actually dry-brushed the yellow back over it. Oh. Just a whole heap of coats of dry-brush. And because it's so subtle, it did cover it, but it wasn't like a, a globular layer. It was like more subtle. It worked for me. I can't say I work with every colour every time, mm. but that worked for me. That's why it didn't fall apart on me. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. I don't know. Just throw it out there. Give it a try. Yeah. Like, uh... You mentioned edge highlighting there. I think edge highlighting in different tones as well. If you've now airbrushed with a shadow color, 
you want to highlight the shadow color up to the color of the, the, the armor, which is normally. So if you, for example, for the blood angels that I painted, they're base coated with Mephiston red. So that's their base color. I go in with a purple ink or shade and add in a purple shadow effect around the bottom area. Uh, and then I shoot a, a brighter red over the top. But the base color is still Mephiston red. So what you do is you edge highlight the shadow areas with the Mephiston red and you go up all the way to to where your model is highlighted. And then you just go high, you know, intenser with the highlight colors, you know, all the way up to yeah. like an orange to yellow in the brightest parts of the model. So like three to four layers of different highlight colors. That will get you look your armor looking really, really crisp. That's actually really sick that you do that from the bottom with the purple ink. I never mm. even thought of that. Yeah. Tip from uh, Squidmore Miniatures. He doesn't do a lot of painting anymore, yeah. but when he did, my god, he's a solid painter. Yeah, I think um, the thing that stops me quite a lot is the fact that I have grey miniatures. So no matter mm. what colour I put below there, it's going to become the colour of the model. Right? So like, if I say I was, like if I did shadows of like, say, blue. Hmm. It's going to look like they're blue models. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I'd have to be very skilled to pull it off, and I'm not. So uh, my comic book style kicks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. fair enough. <laughs> cool. Yeah, sweet. Yeah, so like we mentioned before, proper brush control to do these highlights to keep them clean, crisp. Uh, I don't want to brag too much, but take a look at my latest Instagram posts uh, where they, I use the Mark VI Marines and my Redemptor. There, I've done pretty much airbrushing and then do the edge highlighting to, to get that crisp look, you know. And people have been commenting He's, like he, mad. So He definitely is bragging so much that I think he should have a whole podcast about Warhammer. <laughs> Oh, wait, I do. And (laughs) hobbies. Oh, wait. Oh, wait. (laughs) Yeah, sweet. But that's important too, man. Like having just the ability, like if you've airbrushed a whole model, but there's like a bit of cord that goes around that holding an ornament of some kind, being able to pick that cord out with a bit of brown to make it look like leather, that's important. Yeah. Because if you're going to cover the whole thing, like you're not going to get anywhere. Yeah, you're going to be able to do the whole 45 degree thing, pick a thing out yeah you get some blends and stuff like it's just basic stuff and you can only learn it by practice so just keep practicing yeah and when you get to that point where you're like gee my models are pretty good but they're not popping then head on to airbrushing yeah uh, yeah. yeah sure if if i could i'd probably just shout out like a couple of quick tips for getting your edge highlights to a really crisp level uh, which is something that i've been also struggling at with the at the I'm start. Listening and yeah. listening intently. Yeah. Okay. So uh, what you do is you put your paint on the palette. You thin the paint a little bit more than you would norm normally do for layer layering. Um. What you do then is you wick off the moisture on a paper towel from the brush after soaking up the yeah. paint. So it's for, a little... for the Australians out there, you would wipe the moisture off. <laughs> yeah. <exactly. laughs> and, and like Brake mentioned before, 
try and have that 45 angle degree and use the side of the brush, not the tip. This time, you're not using the tip. The sides. Yeah. Uh, when you get better at controlling the amount of paint coming out of your brush, you can use the tip. Yeah. Like, you can sort of hold it more of an angle. Like, I'm getting a lot better at my edge highlights. getting a lot better. Just because my paint isn't so globby. Yeah. So I'm very much a one correct thickness coat sort of guy, not a two thin coats guy. <laughs> so um, I used to just fake going, burr, burr, you know, I never even used a wet palette until like a year ago. Yeah. So, but uh, I'm definitely getting better at it. Learning. Yeah. Uh, it's so hard to explain, but paint moves in certain ways. Yeah. And every paint moves in a different way. Yeah. You know, so like, you gotta know, is it super runny? Is it super opaque? Uh, is there a lot of pigment? Is there no pigment? Like, how does it work? Yeah. And once right. you sort of, you're a bit familiar with that paint, then it becomes a lot easier. Correct. Yeah. You know? I think the, the thing with edge highlighting is that you don't want the paint to run like you normally do. You no. Just, you just want to be able to skim the surface and it won't like bleed out of the brush onto the model. You just want a, a, an edge basically to go over. So and, that's why you take the moisture you wanna, out. You want to paint that is thick enough too though that you don't have to go over it two to three times to get the color yeah. on there. Yeah. You want it to be like pigmented enough that you do it one pass and it's done. You know? Yeah. If you have to touch up, that's fine. But you want to, you don't want to be painting over the same part four times to an edge highlight that is tedious i've done that with florida colors yeah that's when you that's when you start making the mistakes if you go over them yeah. way too many times with the same color you get frustrated oh why isn't it working and then just then you mess up and it's it's you lose that crispness yeah the way to test is actually i use my hand uh, and i just brush it slightly over my hand and you can kind of see when it starts if it's Creeping too much into the to the, like the skin pores, you it's too much moisture. So take a little bit more off and try it again until it's like, you know, it's it's not flowing as much, just enough. Do you know in all Practice. my days I've never done that. I always do it on my cutting mat. Yeah, yeah. well, yeah. I I can wash my hands. I don't wash my cutting mat, so <laughs> that's good. You can see your journeys in your cutting mat. Yeah. Your hands are liars. <laughs> Sick. I don't trust your hands. They've lied to me before. <laughs> yeah, but practice, practice, practice brush control as much as you possibly can. Uh, that's... Yeah, and it doesn't have to just be a warmer. Paint fucking anything. You yeah. know, if your little brother has a fucking uh, a board game with figures in it, ask him if you're allowed to paint them. Yeah. Prime so. up, paint them. You know, uh, uh, D&D miniatures uh, are very cheap. Very, very cheap. And they're a great thing to practice on. Yeah, they're not as high fidelity, but if you can get a cape and learn how to edge highlight on that cape, yep. or really perfect your dry brush into the point where it looks like edge highlights, so like whatever you try to nail, you, you, you know, you're doing D&D models, which is good. It might be for a friend. It might be for your brother. It might be for you. Doesn't matter, but you're not spending the big bucks, a hundred bucks on a box of Marines, and then you've trial ran fucking mad scientist experiments on half of them, and then you're like, oh, now I got to strip of a move. Just do that, you know? Hell yeah. Easy. I paint lots of shit. Like, if it looks cool and I want to paint it, I'll do it. Like, those lightsabers, I weathered those, they were cool as hell. Yeah, that was super cool. Hell yeah. So we got 
the model is painted now. What, in your opinion, is the final piece, the resistance, to make that model? Mm, so say good. it once, and I'll say it again, and I'll always say it. Base your fucking models. Base Preach. them. Preach. Right? Now, when I first started Warhammer, it was a different world, right? What you did, you got some PVA glue, and you fucking put on your base, and then you threw some fucking static grass in it, and that was your base, right? Warhammer models back in the day, they all fought on very premium lawns. Yeah. But um, <laughs> it's funny because it, it might sound like I'm a simpleton, but if you look at Warhammer at the time, that's how we did it. Like, it was baking soda or static grass, and you painted it whatever colour you wanted. That's what we had. But now, there's so much more shit. Like, uh, you can take... You know, a good thing to think about, particularly, is verticality. Right? Like, uh, and as Obi said, locomotion. So, if your Marine's doing that thing where he's stepping up on one foot like a jump, why not make it so he's actually stepping up onto a rocky outcrop? That you've sculpted with what I do. Um, I have cork, like cork taping, that they use in uh, railway models, right? Like uh, trains. I get that, and I'll shape it to the shape I want, like of the base, and then I nip away at it with my nippers, and then make it look like rock. And then I'll glue multiple layers on each other, and then once that's all glued, and I've primed it all later, I actually cover it with texture paint. So, like, you can go, okay, it's brown, it's a rock. You can go, oh, look, I've got texture paint and it's grey, it's cement. Whatever yeah. you need to use it on. Another really cool thing is, I, uh, I glued quite a few bits together, and then I got guitar strings which I bent, and hung them at the top and painted. It looks like concrete reinforcement bar. Yeah. You know, like, there's anything you can do with that, but think about verticality. Uh... A really good person to talk to if you need inspiration is uh, Matty C in the Discord. He's amazing. He's what got me stepping up my base game. Yeah. I think the way that I look at bases lately is, especially for my knights, because the bases are so big, is mm. you have the option to make a super tiny diorama on it. So make it as epic as you can. Like, the I use... Uh, tree bark as my rocks so i cut oh. that up to size and then you can just drill through make pins to the so the legs get stuck and uh, uh, i use wood glue with no wood shavings or wood like the wood sawdust sawdust, sawdust that's the word and uh, and super glue and fill those the cracks there and just make smooth transitions and then just add a texture paint on top of it and then you can add so much more you know, like like you say jungle bases you got uh, industrial bases just glue anything with some sort of texture on the base and paint it metallic give it a non-oil and give it a dry brush and it's it's fucking industrial flooring right there exactly exactly like it's very easy to do yeah, like bases like, um, finish up the model so much. Uh, it gives you the bigger picture. It comes back to the bits box again too. Like, you know, if you have industrial flooring and you have a spare hatch off a tank, yeah, glue that fucker to it, cut it to the circle size of your tank, put your model on top of that. Uh, my guys, for instance, because the Jurassic Park themed, 
I didn't want to do a normal jungle, so I thought alien jungle. Yeah. Like eyes are grey and red. So the colour's not in my model, it's in the base. So I have like basically vaporwave coloured plants. Purples, blues, neon pinks, uh Gamer Grass do these really cool like fucking like neon purple and blue uh tufts of grass, which I have. Um I haven't used them yet, I just like looking at them. Yeah, yeah, I just got them there. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Um so yeah, um TW also sells plants. Yeah. And vines that you can get that are canonical to the universe, like they exist there. So yeah. having that, even cropping out of a bit of cement or like uh, a skull with one of those coming out of its eye, like just be original, you know? Have fun with it. Because life uh, finds a way. Yeah. <laughs> you mentioned GW plants, but Gamer's Grass also has like laser cut uh, like plant, plants that you, be, you can form. Yeah. Uh, I bought a couple of those, and I'm gonna use them on a couple of projects that I got coming to one for maybe maybe oh. Gamers Grass should sponsor us since we both like their products so much. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, th- that's yeah. been really good stuff. The especially the the plants uh, because you got a, a few more traditional human plants that we have on Earth, and then you got a couple of alien designs with wacky colors and neon color. It's amazing. I just um. I'm slow looking forward to adding them to a couple of bases and just finishing it all. See, up, I, you know? I love that because back in my day, if you wanted weird looking plants, you got the really odd colored one from the goldfish bowl. <laughs> yeah. You know, you got that, you stuck down there. It's like, ah, oh, it just doesn't look good. But that's what we had. So, you know, and the other thing is too, you can do bad stuff with water. Like there's lots of water effects now. Yeah, resin. Um, Resin is, is uh, something well, I want to get into. You can use resin, but I also had this plastic sheet, right? It's just rippled water effect. Uh-huh. And all I do is I'll paint... You'll see water on my model sometimes, maybe. I paint the bottom underneath there in whatever colours I want. Like, say, it might be, like, uh, brown on the edge and it goes to, like, a greeny blue in the centre. And I'll actually glue that on top of it. Okay. And then when I add my texture paint, I just rim it up over the top. So it's like... You can't see that it's actually not part of the model. Yeah. And then you got this, like, crazy-looking bit of fucking water in the center of your model. Hell yeah. And I use that all the time, you know? Yeah. So. Yeah, I think... It's just... Think about... Think about stuff. Think about verticality. Exactly. You know? Um, I think that's that's the thing that I want to purchase next is just a little ball of UV resin to, like, make a little puddle or fill in details or you know uv resin is is a pretty handy product as well so uh, i think that's probably one of my next purchases to add to the kit yeah i want to get just full-on pouring resin and just start doing wild shit i don't know make water things (laughs) yeah it's it's so cool i've seen so many like uh, a night based where the foot's like halfway across the the ocean like oh my god it's Man, there was this wild one I saw, it was many years ago now, but it was like, someone got a cube, and they literally made a dreadnought submersed up to his waist yeah. in this water, and did like the full underwater escape, and then he was like stepping out of it, it was yeah. fucking wild, man. Yeah, that's cool as fuck. Hell yeah. It's so, so I think that's... Uh, gonna be wrapping up our little episode here, I, I hope you guys 
got a couple of new tips. If you don't, you can give us some tips that you have in the Discord, perhaps. Uh, share exactly. it with, with our lovely community, so. And, like, yeah, I mean, honestly, it'll probably be... Um... It'll probably be part one. Like, we'll probably do another one of these down the track. Yeah. You know, like, just to sort of top up on it. Yeah. I mean, we're basically ourselves at this kind of level at um, at the moment. Like, what, you know, what happens in, like, a year or half a year from now is, like, oh, we discovered this great new thing. There's a, a super awesome new technique that we really want to share to other people. So... It will give us a little bit of time to practice things and, and you know, because I don't want to talk out of my ass. I want to be able to give information that is something that I've experienced with myself. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I can't wait to get into some LEDs down the track. I just got to wait for shit to chill out in my personal life so I have more hobby time. Exactly. <laughs> you know. Exactly. Cool, cool, cool. Awesome, man. That's that done. How about we get into the real section of today? Look, the only reason we actually make the podcast, let's talk about music for a little while. <laughs> <laughs> Got him. <laughs> this is a music podcast disguised as a Warhammer podcast. <laughs> uh, a hobby, a hobby podcast. podcast. Nah, no. <laughs> a hobby podcast. Um, yeah, so... A little different one, since 2023 hasn't really popped out many albums yet, it's very early in the year. So, I came to the idea that we should give each other homework. Um, which is basically, you know, me and Obi listen to similar music, but not the same. So we have a lot to share with each other, a lot of albums that we've completely missed. So, we gave each other homework on what to listen to. Obi. What did I give you? Uh, you gave me the Necrogoblicon album called Stench. <laughs> yes, I did. <laughs> yes, you did. And uh, you suggested this to me earlier, back when we when the Fundamentals of Slime and something some came out. Fundamentals, Humors and Slimes, I think it was yeah, called. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, their most recent album. Yeah, Correct. And I never actually got to it. And uh, you mentioned that this album was probably a little bit more up my alley than the newer album. And I 100% agree. This album is a tad little bit more up my alley. It's still got the same issues that I have with with this kind of music. Um, But creatively this album is it's so hilarious it's it's good it's straight it's up necro album it's a lot more of just a straight out death battle album too though yeah like it's not so yeah. experimental uh with weird yeah. noises here and there and like laughter tracks or whatever uh, it's just really well written music with hilarious texts uh, I think that's that's basically the the goblin way to explain it. Uh, yeah, it's it's very gobliny. Correct. 
and the the song that really popped out for me is probably Sweden's should probably adopt this to its national anthem and the song is called <laughs> bears you know because we struggle yeah. a lot with bears here and especially polar bears and their fucking nipples man they'll, they'll, they'll bite off your face if you're up to no good <laughs> <laughs> oh my god that one is it's peak of lyrical geniuses <laughs> yeah that's one of my favorite Necrogobblecon songs, if not my favorite. Like, I love it. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's it's really good. Um, definitely, if, you, if you're into the more death metal kind of kind of practices, this album is right up your alley. Um, it's not an album I listen to a lot, but I'm, I'm happy you introduced me to it. So... Um. <laughs> It's um Necrogoblicon is one of those things where I actually suggest you listen to all their albums. Yeah. Because every album has its own personality, more than most bands. Yeah. Like that album is probably just very heavy and raw, with a lot of really funny, like you said, uh uh samples. Yeah. But like you listen to their first album and it sounds like Ailstorm. Oh yeah. With goblins. And then they sort of Combine that with stuff they did on stench for the albums after, you yeah. know. Hell yeah. So yeah, so yeah, man. What what did you think of it then? Like, would how would you rate it? Um. Uh, not something that I would listen to a lot, but I'm gonna pop in a couple of those songs that I do enjoy into my my playlists. So uh, I I think you gotta have Prince of the Land of Stench in there, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, I'd say it's uh. it's a seven seven and a half for me. All right, fair enough. Yeah, goblins out of ten, of course. Correct. That's how we rate things here. Exactly. Yeah. We're all goblins. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> goblins. Sweet. And I got assigned. The Great Collapse by Fit for an Autopsy. And honestly, when Obi gave me this album, I was so fucking keen because uh, the other one I reviewed with him uh, was like, Oh What the Future Holds, the yeah. 2020 release or 2021 release. Yeah. Whatever, the most recent one. That album I loved and I still listen to it. So um, I was pretty excited and it didn't let me down. Um, it's not over the top creative. The mm. album. Mm. Like, they're not breaking down the musical boundaries of the world, but man, it's fucking solid. Uh, I guess you call it Deathcore. I just think it's death metal. Whatever. Yeah. yeah, yeah it's it's bordering on Deathcore, so. Yeah, it, I actually don't think it's Deathcore. I think, to me, it's more of a more of a technical death metal thing, mm. really, because Deathcore is more stop-starty. This has really solid... Uh, like a good roll through all mm. the songs. It's mm. got a good pace to it. I, I like that. Mm. That was the hardest thing when I first listened to Lorna Shaw was like the song I'm like, ah, and then, uh, ah, and I'm like, what the fuck's going on here? Just give me the, the roll, you know? Give me yeah. the song. So, um, not as hard to adapt to. I love the album. I think it's fucking great. Um, Hydra is quite good. Yeah. Um, because when you I cut like off the head, song. fucking to grow back. To grow back. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I like that. Um, yeah, I think um, like the whole album is really good. I listen, I've listened to it top to bottom like four times. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, I like it. It's good. 
Um, any favorite like songs? Like I said, it's not. I I think Hydra, and I think it's too late. Is that the one? Yeah. Yeah, that one's pretty good. And I think when the lights, bo- uh, when the bulbs burn out too, that's not bad yeah. too. Yeah, it's um, a very the whole album's song it, though. It's an album that's very much like, you know, they're talking about what how the world is changing for the worse with the environmental crisis, yeah. uh, and it hits home yeah. really a lot with 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 all the songs. Uh, exactly. I think my personal favorite is Black Mammoth of the whole of the album. Uh, okay. Yeah, it's it's one of those things, man. I think it's a good album. Um, like I said, it's not as brave as uh, I'd like to see them go. Mm. I think they got a lot closer to that with their most recent album, like Two Towers. It's fucking amazing. Mm-hmm. That's that's my jam. That's my song yeah. by them. Um, but I still probably give it yeah a pretty solid seven point five mm. goblins out of ten. The production's gorgeous, and one thing I love about this, which heavy music does not get right enough, is the harsh vocals. The vocals in general are loud enough to distinguish what's being said. Mm. A lot of the times with heavy music, it's not that the vocals are so distorted that you can't understand them. It's that their mix is not loud enough mm. on the vocals. They've just gone, oh, make it all guitars, make it all drums so it's more crushing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But when you're losing, when you can't understand them, it loses it. Like when it's too quiet mm. on the vocal side, it loses the vocal impact. And yeah. I think that that sucks. Yeah. Like, uh, you listen to early death metal, like, uh, Bolt Thrower, they got some really cool shit, like, musically, mm. but you can barely hear their vocalist, man, and mm. it's just because the way it was produced back then, mm. and, like, it's a shame, because I'm sure if those, you know, if, if that mix was as such that the vocals were, like, 10% louder, mm. it would sound so much better, and yeah. so much more modern. Yeah, yeah. So, I think that's the, what I like about these guys. I think the issue with, with this kind of heavy music as well is that there's there's so much going on all the time and if you don't have any proper headphones to listen to you will lose so many details like every time i buy like a new headset and i discover just so many more nuances in in music that like I, oh, I, I could listen to music from from 10 15 years ago because i had crappy headphones and it'd be like I never really understood. Uh, I never really figured out that there was this like little sound in the background going on. You know, proper headphones Which, just make music so yeah. much alive. It's funny actually because I have, uh, as you know, I have Audio Technica MS fifties, yeah. and I went from just having a normal gaming headset, and the gaming headset sounds decent, right? I'm mm. not gonna shit on it. It's, mm. it's uh, Astro A twenties. Yeah. And they're not bad. They're good for gaming. They actually sound pretty good for music. I do like them. But when I bought these headphones, man, I put... I think I put Corn or something first. I was mm. like, oh yeah, it's alright. They're not loud enough. But then I put Lorna Shore on. Mm. And it was the difference between looking at a painting and opening up a window and going through. That was the difference. Yeah. Sound felt 3D rather than flat. Mm. And I know it's hard to describe, but just it's just all-encompassing and you can hear the bass and the drums all that mm. singularly but together mm. you know it's like you're looking at everything pulled apart and it's like you have one of those tony stark iron man computers yeah. you could like <laughs> yeah. move your hands and disassemble stuff it's like that with the notes yeah so honest to god some really good headphones 
for that sort of stuff makes mm-hmm. a big fucking difference. And that's why they use good headphones in the fucking studios. Yeah. They have high-end audio monitors or they have headphones. And mm-hmm. that's why. Exactly. So, but having the vocals up higher on a lot of metal albums, like a lot of death metal albums in particular, would mm-hmm. make the biggest difference. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I don't know. I don't know if they put them lower to hide the fact that their voice maybe isn't as good as they mm. want to sound. You know, maybe they're a bit shy about it. Could be. Um, yeah. When Lorna, when Lorna Shaw did that, uh, the EP, mm. the to the Hellfire EP, that was my big complaint. Will Ramos was too low. Yeah. Right, like he wasn't loud enough. That's why I liked the one take vocal tracks he did because it was mixed different. Because mm. you can hear the vocals and the music better. Yeah. But on the new album, they nailed it, so I was very happy to see that. Mm. That was the one thing I was really looking out for on the new album. Yeah, yeah, I definitely agree there. So, it 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 makes yeah. difference between understanding what people are actually saying and just a, a mess, basically, mess of screams. yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Because it's already like you know, if you're in a metalhead, oh, you always gonna go, oh, you can't understand what they say anyway. But like, mm. genuinely. If it's mixed properly, most of the time I can. Like, I'm on a math. I understand most of their lyrics, and they're in full death metal ground the entire songs. Mm. They do clean vocals. I understand most of what they're saying. Yeah. Probably 80%, which is, I put it to you, more than you can understand if you listen to Red Hot Chili Peppers. <laughs> so, let's go. You know? Um, but that's because they mix it correctly. Their older stuff, really, really old, not as good for it. Much harder to understand. Mm. Because the vocals are much lower, so. Oh yeah. Cool. Anyway, none of that rants over. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was really off topic. <laughs> Gob- goblins and headphones, and uh, may the force be with you. I don't know. Yeah. Um, Hell yeah! You want to do the final section? Oh yeah, bud. So we do have some fucking listener questions, and I love that shit. Um, Bix has been coming in hot with them. Um, the first one he asks is, when is the drunken takeover episode? He means the drunken hobbyist. Yeah. Um, yeah. You want to get that one, Ops? Well. You want to answer it? If you're actually listening to our episodes, you will know that drunken hobbyist has already been on an episode. The Terminator episode. It's a bonus episode, so I kind of understand that you missed it, but uh, our good friend drunken There's no there. excuse. <laughs> Yeah, and we'll have drunk drunk again. He's a good lad. Exactly. Um, what are your top five films? No, Jurassic Park. Uh, not Jurassic Park one to five for ketchup. <laughs> First of all, there's six of them. No. <laughs> <laughs> the good thing is we can leave out three and round out the five. Yeah. Uh, you you want me to take one so you can think of yours? Yeah, yeah. Okay, go, cool. I'll go for gold, man. So in no particular order and i'm using whole universes as a set of movie movies as well uh, yeah franchise franchises movie. exactly yeah. um i would say uh the star wars episode one to three probably more two to three uh, the first one was a little cheesy but two and three no really... wait first one's the best yeah <laughs> i think two... first star wars is the best I... star wars uh revenge of the seal is my favorite definitely the favorite L- L- long live jar jar binks the sith lord <laughs> yeah um cool star wars number two then we have uh queen of the damned uh we've 
Oh. We had that movie mentioned oh. before on oh. on one of our episodes. Uh, really old classic, favorite movie of of me and my mother probably. Um, next up, the Lord of the Rings trilogy. Of course, not the Hobbit one, but the original one. The untouchable ah, cinematic milestone extended versions. Hell, let's make it a date day. I'll watch the whole extended versions in a day. I'll love it. Hell yeah, love it. Yeah. Uh, number four, uh, Alien. Probably my favorite would be the first one, and then I would be jumping through the newer movies with Prometheus and Covenant, sort of limping. I was behind. gonna say, I was gonna say I really liked Covenant. Fuck what people say. Yeah, I I, I prefer the first one, Prometheus, over Covenant, but it's still it's still good. I didn't. Fair enough. Fair. Enough. Good franchise, though. Good choice. Yeah. Uh, and as a final one. The 2004 Punisher. Okay. Yeah. I don't think I've seen that in a very long time, if at all. Oh, that's a great one. It's probably my favorite version of the Punisher. I watched the, the old one with... Uh, God, what's his name again? R- is... Repka Horror, or whatever it was? No, it's a, he's what a Swede. Ah, ah damn Swedish guys. Doesn't matter. Dolph Lundgren. Uh, Shaved Harvey. Shaved, okay. Shaved Harvey is the Punisher. That's who it was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, sweet. Um, so I'm going to do from five up. Just because makes more sense that way. Mm. Uh, this is very hard, mind you. Yeah, it took me a um, long time to figure out mine as well. Yeah. So. And I haven't even... This is on the spot for me. So, um... Oh, I think probably number five would have to be Little Nicky. Okay. Uh, which is an Adam Sandler movie. Oddly enough, I just love it. It's just so metal. It's so funny. Um, number three would probably have to be Queen of the... Oh, sorry. Number four would have to be Queen of the Damned. Definitely fucking up there. Um, fuck, this is hard. Number three would have to be... Oh, this is very hard. Um... Would have to be, fuck, probably The Crow. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, uh, the one with uh, Brandon Lee. Mm. Then Lord of the Rings trilogy, and then Jurassic Park as a franchise, uh, particularly one and two. Yeah, um, definitely my Honorable mention, because not enough people have watched this, uh, Dragonheart. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I love that movie, too. With Sean Connery, yeah. Dennis Craig, love it. Yeah, yeah, great movies, classics, all yeah. of them. Man, that, that was hard. That, just make me choose between children. What are you basically? Jeez, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that yeah, was really hard. Um, so. yeah, exactly. Cool, exactly. So, if you have um, any more questions to us, please join yeah, the exactly. Discord and ask them away, or even be email us. That's all in the episode description. So, uh. Have a good time. Yeah, exactly. Um, just quickly though, Artemis Dream did ask a question that we did answer for him on the Discord. Yeah. But I just want to give him a shout out. So he said, asking for a friend, hey, has any have has any of you had any luck with paint cases slash racks? Wanna get something that can either 
close up and tuck away or map to the wall to keep it out of the way. Limited space for small kids, you know. Mm. And uh, Obi went on to recommend him the one that he has. Yeah. The, which is, um, what, which one do you have? The Frontier Wargaming. The, it, it came out like roughly two years ago, around the same time when I got into hobbying. And starting out the same way, like I was hobbying on the, the kitchen table, basically. I also wanted something to just shove everything in and close up and put it away so that we could have food or do other activities around the table, the kitchen table. So uh, this case has like uh, I have the version one, which is a little bit more awkward because it has bits boxes uh, instead of more paint racks. Uh, but the version two is exactly how I would want the the my box to be because it comes with a cutting mat on it. It comes with racks for so many paints in it, and it has model holders as well. So highly suggest Frontier Wargaming for a paint carry case, an all-out hobby case, basically, because they a mobile hobby station. Exactly, is basically what it is. Yeah, yeah. You you have a light with it as well. They can buy optionally. So oh really? Yeah. Yeah, I've seen. Man, honestly, I thought about buying one just because I liked the way yours looked. Yeah. And then I was like, no, that's a lot of priciness for just like not needing it. Yeah. You know. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but it's it's really good. Like if I'm going to the hobby shop and um I'm taking a couple of miles to work on on there, you know, having all the paints with you, a couple of models, hell, it can put even a kill team in it and play a couple of games after. So uh, really good way to to transport models and paints and your hobby tools. So Frontier Wargaming. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So just before we go though. Um, I gotta ask you to remember a few things. Remember to tell every fucking human in the human in the world about this uh, podcast. Um, remember to join the Discord so you can come hang out and see us. And I don't know if you want to hang out. Uh, yeah, it's cool. Uh, we also have a Patreon, which is in the description. All the shits in the description. Uh, yeah, helps keep the lights on, which is why we'll be sitting in complete darkness because mm-hmm. we need more patrons. Yep. So. Uh, Help us out, you know. Uh, we're also thinking about starting a Minecraft server. Thinking about it. So mm-hmm. that'll be our Patreon money paying for that to be on Realms if we do do it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, keep listening, man. I hope you guys enjoy 2023 with us. We're looking forward to it. Fucking pumped. Hell yeah. So, yeah. Have I forgotten anything? Nope. That sounds nah. about right. Oh, oh, just quickly. I'm actually wearing pants tonight. There's no undies. So, yeah, we'll reverse the script. Just so you all know. It's 2023. New year, new me. (laughs) (laughs) Well, well, new year, new me. I took a couple extra piercings on my ears. So, I'm I'm also new me. Uh, There you go. New new year. New year. (laughs) All right, guys. Well, with that, enjoy your day. And uh, remember to crank that amp. You slay that gray. And uh, we're the, the knights of the hobby table. Bye. Aren't we, Obi? We definitely we? are. Aren't we? Yes. Aren't we? Yes. 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 <laughs> See you guys. Bye. Bye.